Fortress Canine Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 37 of the Protection Dog Podcast, where we offer an alternative to conventional training and philosophy. I'm your host, Joel Riles, and today we are going to talk about something that just about everybody has the capability to do. Uh, that is also awesome for building the bond with your dog. So if you uh, haven't heard our episode on building the bond, which I believe is episode 36, uh, you might want to go back and check that one out. And we talk about multiple different things that you can do to build the bond. And one of those things is the canine biathlon. Now there, I think, are several of these. Uh, I was going to try and attend one of the other, um, I guess, brands, one of the other ones that they do up in West Virginia this year, but it got canceled because of the China virus. So we um, will have to wait till next year, and hopefully that'll be on next year. And the U.S. Canine Biathlon is the one that I've done twice now, and it is awesome. So it's the one I'll be actually speaking directly to because it's what I know. Um, but there are other types of these races around, and we'll talk more about that in just a minute. But first, let's talk about today's sponsor. Today's sponsor is Canine Academy Online. So if you decide you want to do one of these races, but you don't have the obedience yet in your dog to do it, you can go to Canine Academy Online and learn how to train your dog well enough to go and do a U.S. Canine Biathlon. Canine Academy Online is making dog training easy. We have a local and online training. Uh, so we have uh, a franchise in North Carolina that does local training, and we have our um, Orlando location down here. You can find out our training times by going for our North Carolina. Uh, you can get the address and all their schedule by visiting canineacademyonline.com slash NC, like North Carolina, NC. And for our Florida times, prices, location, you can visit canineacademyonline.com slash training. So uh, they offer obedience, service dog training, tracking, protection, and tactical training. You can contact us at our website, canineacademyonline.com. Um, you can also email us, joel at canineacademyonline.com, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching for Canine Academy Online. There is at least an Instagram channel that's just Canine Academy. That is not us. We are Canine Academy Online. It's kind of like a little shield uh, that says Fortress Canine Academy. Um, so you can look for that logo. Uh, we also are uh, North Carolina... Our franchise has their own Instagram page also, and I believe that is Canine Academy underscore NC, if you'd like to check them out. And uh, don't forget, we have puppies available. We are taking a little break, but by the time this uh, publishes, we will probably have the next litter fully reserved, uh, but we will have two or three litters coming fairly quickly, um, end of year 2020 and first quarter 2021. Um, we got some puppies that have been added into our breeding program. Uh, they're doing amazing. We have very, very high standards and most dogs that we try to bring in wash out. Uh, but we found a couple of really good breeders around the country and uh, kind of agreed to do a puppy swap. 
Uh, so we get a couple of their awesome puppies, they get a couple of our awesome puppies, and we diversify our breeding programs just a little bit. And they should all be coming into their ability to start doing litters uh, near the end of 2020, beginning of 2021. So keep your eyes open for that. If you see one that you're particularly interested in, uh, reach out to us via email or message on Instagram or Facebook and, uh, and let us know. Um, if we have a lot of interest in a particular breeding, um, then we will probably try and plan that breeding out specifically for you guys, um, as long as it looks like it would be a good one. So uh, with that, let's go ahead and jump into our topic for today, which is doing a canine biathlon. Now, for those who aren't familiar with these, because when I first heard it, I'm like, what are we, like running and biking with our dogs? Like, uh, I grew up racing triathlons and biathlons, and so we would run, swim, and bike. Uh, not in that order, it was typically swim, bike, run. But, um, and then the biathlons would either be like a run, bike, run, or just a run and bike, or a bike and run, um, where they would just take out the swimming and down here in Florida, even though it doesn't really get cold in the winter, the water kind of gets cold. Um, and it, or it's cold enough that you don't want to come out of the water. Uh, so they will, um, they will take out the swim portion for some of the races through uh, like November, December, January, February. And then uh, typically they start up the triathlon season again in March or April. So that's what I grew up with. And I was like, okay, so what the heck is a canine biathlon? And like our dogs pulling us on the runs, like what's going on here? And when I started looking into it, I found out what these really are is they're like a mud run with your dog. So if you've heard of any, and I've not done any of these races, um, but I've seen a lot of the pictures and videos on them, like the Tough Mudder and the Spartan races. Uh, I'm sure there's a bunch of other companies out there. Those are just the two that pop into my head. Um, so they do like these mud runs, right? And some of them are now starting to open up a canine. It looks like, I I'm assuming it's a canine like uh, category where you can come and, and run with your dogs. Um, again, I haven't looked into it specifically with these because I kind of got um, wrapped into the canine biathlon and uh, there's another one in West Virginia. Um, I will try and get some information on that and put it in the show notes. I've not done that one, but I've talked to several people who have done it and they say it's really, it, it has different levels of, in, of intensity, of hardness of the obstacles. And they kind of say, you know, this is basic, this is intermediate, this is advanced, and this is like tactical, like the hardest one you can do. And uh, in order to run the tactical one, because there's like a zip line portion and there's some other stuff uh, like that, you actually have to have a, um, a lifting harness on your dog that has to be inspected before the race, uh, because you actually have to hook your dog into the harness and lift and lower, which you do not have to do at the US Canine Biathlon. And I don't think you have to do it there, it's just an option if you wanna to go to that level. So the US Canine Biathlon is held in Anniston, Alabama. That's the old Fort Rucker. Uh, I think they used to do, um, well I think the canine program used to be there and I think they also used to do the helicopter training there, if I'm not mistaken. But Fort Rucker um, was shut down um, as part of the STRAC, I think that's what they called it, where they were basically going through and saying, hey, do we need all these bases? Can we consolidate bases? Can we?" Um, you know, uh, combine Air Force and, and Army bases when they're close to each other, that sort of thing. And uh, so it was one of the ones that was shut down. I believe it's owned by the University of Alabama now. And, um, and so the University of Alabama started something, um, like it was a, a test program called Vapor Wake. Um, I, I don't know if they called it that when it was done, but that's what it's called now. But basically it was 
uh, finding explosive scent in moving crowds on people to detect things like suicide bombers and things of that nature. And they developed it, they built it up, it was successful in terms of uh, the dog's capability to do the task, but they couldn't make it profitable, so they sold it, and the guy who purchased it and runs it now, apparently they're, they're a you know, thriving business now, and they have, it's like 20 or 80 acres or something like that that is their like training place on this, on the old Fort Rucker. And so they built this like four mile long course and it has 80 plus obstacles on it. Every year they add a little bit to it so there's always like something new. Um, but even when it's not, you know, quote unquote new, it's still, you only do it once or twice a year. And, um, and so it's still, you know, got a, enough of a challenge that you can enjoy it even if you're looking for a good challenge, but it's also, you could just walk the whole thing if you wanted to, and a lot of people do that. So as you're doing the race, um, you'll come across a lot of people who they're just walking with their dogs and they get to the obstacle and they do the obstacles. Uh, if you get to an obstacle that you don't wanna do, you can just go around it. Uh, technically, there's a, there's a time penalty, but if you're not doing it for time anyway, then you probably really don't care about that and you're just there to have fun and do it with your dog. Um, and then there's also a competitive nature to it for those who want to see how fast they can go through with their dogs. So uh, what is it? I've kind of explained a little bit of that, but basically um, you start off, there, there's, the start and finish is at the same location so that people who are observing, who are there with you, uh, can kind of enjoy it. And, um, and so you start off, there's a couple of obstacles right off the bat. Um, you kind of run over a couple of these sand hills to basically get dirty. Uh, then you jump in this pool with your dog to get wet and you're going to be soaking wet pretty much the whole time um, because it can get pretty warm there in Aniston so that's actually designed that way to make sure your dog stays safe and don't overheat. There's tons and tons and tons of water obstacles, mostly mud obstacles um, by the time you get there anyway. And uh, so you jump into a pool, you go across this kind of walkover thing um, and then you go through a tunnel and then you kind of start what I would describe as the natural obstacle. So you jump down into this ditch uh, that they use a fire hydrant to kind of overflow almost. And so you're kind of running through this ditch that's like probably knee deep, um, maybe mid shin deep. Uh, you have some things you have to go over, you have some things you have to go under, you climb into this big pipe culvert that's like a 30 inch pipe. And you crawl through that, you climb out, you gotta get out of the ditch. Then you have a little section where you run and you crawl under some stuff that has like a sand pit so you're getting dirty again. And uh, and then you kind of do a little loop around and you come back to the same ditch uh, that you were in before but you're at a different spot on it and you get back in and you run down that and you end up, uh, there's like a, some steep stairs that go over a bus, you go over that, there's some uh, A-frames you climb over uh, and then you end up in this uh, like a stream kind of a thing. Um, it's not an intermittent stream. It looks like it's pretty consistent year-round, but it's it's not a river. It's, um, there are some spots that are like waist deep, um, but for the most part, you can run through it and stay, you know, shin to knee deep. Um, but it's it's kind of rocky and stuff like that. And so you run through that, and you come out, and uh, there's a section where you're climbing over cars. They have cars set with uh, like carpet draped over the roof and, and hood and trunk of the car, and so you climb up on the car you go over the car you jump off and then there's like a 10 by 10 chain link panel that's laying down but it's it's sitting on like concrete blocks or whatever so it's up off the ground a little bit and you crawl under that through mud uh, and water and then you come out and you go over a car again and you go back through that and up and down and up and down um, there's a series of um, 
like those uh, road barricades, the concrete road barricades, um, and you go over those, and I thought those would be easy until I got there and realized they're like waist high. So by the time you do like 20 of them in a row, it's like, okay, yeah, I need to get a little more flexible and kicking that leg up to be able to step over. Um, so they have a section of those. They have a couple of, of larger obstacles, like one that's a really tall A-frame. It's probably like 15 feet tall, 18 feet tall. Um, but instead of being a wall with things to climb on, it's made out of telephone poles that are going horizontally and they're completely covered in tires. So when, as you're climbing up, what you're climbing on is a whole bunch of tires um, that are on these poles that are probably two, three feet apart. The tires are all touching, so there's no gap. Um, and you climb up, so it's really, it's not a difficult thing to, to go over. It's just like, you're like, whoa, I'm really tall. And, and the, the dog is like, wow, we're really high off the ground. Um, and then you run through like a tire field after that, um, which is like, you know, they got like, I don't know, 50 to 60 yards of just random tires all just piled all through this section. And uh, so you do that, there's a, a little bit of running, there's a section that they call the snakes, which is, uh, it's like a dirt road that you run down and then there's, um, there's a steep uh, dirt bank on the one side of the road and you have to go up that and then go around like a tree and then back down to the road and then up and then back down and up and back down. And you go up and down like six or seven times. Uh, so they have kind of uh, ropes you can use to get up the steep bank and a lot of people, they have ropes to get back down. Uh, but I just sit down and slide on my butt back down to the to the road and then you turn and you run back up. And you can either have your dog help pull you up. Uh, some people will just let their dogs run up it and then they'll use the ropes to climb up. Each one's a little different as you go through. Sorry, got a hair in my mouth. There we go, got it out. So uh, that's a section. And then at the very end, during the standard biathlon, you, um, you do what they call Heartbreak Hill, which is this really long, steep climb. Um, it's it's in the tree line, so it's shaded, and uh, and you get to the very top. There's a water station and like some porta johns up there to use the bathroom if you have to, and there's a couple of those throughout the race. And then you have this very steep, probably two to three times as steep as the climb up, so it's not nearly as long. Um, you go down, and at the bottom of the hill is the finish line, and so you go down. There's a couple little uh, obstacles to negotiate. There's like a, a steep section of the hill with a bunch of tires on it that are almost made into a net. Um, so you, uh, you'll you go down some of those and up some of those. Um, and then you have a couple of more of like the man-made kind of like the, the uh, kids play area type obstacles. Uh, you have a big pool that's like seven feet deep that you have to jump into with the dog and swim across. When I say big, it's it's actually not very big. It's maybe 20 feet by 20 feet, something like that. Um, so it's just a thing where you're standing up about two feet above the water level and then you jump in and when you jump in, you can touch the bottom easily, but your head's underwater when you do it. So you kind of like bounce up and then you swim across and a lot of people will struggle with their dogs jumping in at that section. Uh, so there's a couple ways you can do that. You climb out of that. Um, there's a couple little slide things and a, another little climb or two. You have to carry your dog across some telephone poles that are horizontal. Uh, so you get to pick your dog up and carry him across that section. And then you run into the finish line. So um, I'm sure I missed a couple of the obstacles in there. There's, there's tons and tons of them. Um, but there, none of them are really difficult to negotiate. But if you're trying to do it fairly quickly, um, you, 
you're gonna be like out of breath. Like it, it has enough of a physical demand on you that when you're trying to do it fast, you're exhausted. Or you can just go at your at a normal, consistent pace and and do fine at right. So this race is typically held in May. Um, so it's it's like it's not super hot, but it's also not cold. And then last year, 2019, they started what they call the K9 Rewind. And it was at the very end of, of September. No, no, very end of October. It was the um, Halloween weekend. Uh, and what you do on that one is you run the course, but you run it the opposite direction. So instead of going up Heartbreak Hill at the end, um, you go up the super steep part at the very beginning. Right? So you do those few little obstacles and then... You're climbing that hill within the first like minute or two minutes of the race, and uh, and then you run down the steep portion that you would normally come up, and uh, so it's this long descent going down, and then you do all the stuff, but you're going in the reverse order. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. I did that in 2019. Um, in 2020, it was set for May, then it got pushed back to August, and then it got canceled, and all of our um, registrations got pushed to 2021. Uh, so I am looking forward to doing that again in 2021. And then in September, October timeframe is when my understanding of this other one in West Virginia is. And again, I was hoping that they would actually do it this year, but then um, about a month ago, I got an email from them saying that it, it had been canceled uh, as well. So hopefully everybody realizes uh, the China virus isn't that big a deal. Uh, if you're over 70 and it's still around, then maybe don't come out, but everybody else is pretty much good to go. And um, so that's where it is. That's when it is. Um, by the time this is um, going to be published, this particular episode, if you're interested in this, you probably want to be uh, getting on and registering at that time. So most of the people... Uh, that had registered last year are going to be attending this year because uh, they didn't get to go last year. And so I, I would imagine what they're going to be doing is opening it up to allowing more people than normal. Uh, it's a pretty fun event. They have like a big um, section where vendors are there. Uh, there's a big kind of a space to hang out. They have a beer truck for everybody who's registered. Um, it's like as much beer as you can drink. Uh, they have uh, little food tickets they give you and there's multiple food vendors around so you can get like one meal with a ticket and then you can buy more if you want it. Um, there's a big section where uh, tons and tons of people come and camp out. Uh, so that adds a lot to the interaction with all the people that are around. And um, in my first time I heard about this, I was kind of like, how, do, how does everybody do with their dogs? Like, are there a bunch of dog fights here or whatever? And um, I've been there twice now with uh, crowds in the several thousands each time. Um, and some people have multiple dogs there, right? And I have not yet seen a single dog fight uh, there. The people that come, not that they all have good control of their dogs necessarily, although most of them do, um, but their dogs are all, for the most part, friendly. If there is a dog, when you, when you sign up, it asks you, does your dog have any uh, aggression issues with people or other dogs? And you can still come if they do, but what they ask you to do is to put on uh, like a red bandana on your dog's neck. And then if you see a dog with a red bandana on it, you know, give that dog some space as it's moving around uh, so that you don't end up having an issue. And you'll see dogs that they're moving around that have those on. Everybody's respectful. They give them their space and everything works out great. 
So um, that is basically that's what it is, right? Now, why did I just take the last 15 minutes telling you about a biathlon that I have no affiliation or, or connection to other than I just like to go and do it? And the reason is because, and they advertise it this way as well, but when I first uh, heard about it, I was like, yeah, maybe, whatever. Um, but it is one of the best bonding experiences with your dog that you can go through. So especially if you've never done any kind of real high stress stuff with your dog, um, and uh, so you, do, you know, I'm, I'm talking like people who haven't done like gunfire and stuff like that with their dogs, right? So you've never done any of that kind of stuff. This is going to be one of the highest stress things you and your dogs will do. And there's also something to be said for, uh, so there's, there's different ways you can apply stress, right? One way you can apply stress is you can ramp the stress up really high, right? Real close to the person's um, point where they're about to start shutting down and then you pull away from it, right? But another way that you can ramp up stress is you take it up where it's what I would classify maybe in the um, intermediate high level. So it's it's recognizable, but onyx, leave it alone. I don't know what she's doing back there. She's doing something she shouldn't. Um, you bring it up where it's recognizable, but where it's not approaching where the person is gonna shut down. But instead of just going there and then going away, you go there and then you stay there for an extended period of time, right? And, uh, and then what that does is that also is building up a stress endurance. And that's what this race does. So if you're running it and, and you know, like some of the guys are finishing it in under an hour because it's only like four, four and a half miles. Uh, and by the time you negotiate the obstacles, they can do it in about an hour or so um, or just under. I do it in about an hour and 10, hour and 15 because I'm not in running shape anymore. So I still kind of jog the whole thing, uh, but I'm not moving at any kind of decent pace. I also run it in full uniform and full military uniform. So uh, I'm not like setting myself up to go do a, a road race. And so, but some of the people show up that way. They wear, uh, you know, like running shorts and shoes and no shirt, uh, or the girls have their sports bras on and they're like ready to run as if they're doing like just a standard cross country race or a, uh, or a road race. And uh, so some of the people do it that way. And some of the people are a little bit more suited up uh, to do it. I will say uh, if it's your first time, um, uh, you're crawling through a decent amount of like concrete tunnels um, and different things like that. So I recommend wearing some kind of gloves for the palms of your hands uh, because the palm of your hands will be rubbed raw if you're crawling on your hands and knees. Uh, and then something for your knees and potentially your elbows, depending on how you crawl during certain places, um, which is why I just go BDU pants. Um, I wear a, a combat top that has the moisture wicking on the chest but it has the standard sleeves um, and then uh, and then I run my dogs in either rec specs or the full canine helmet and a harness and uh, because I want I, I go almost more to test my equipment than I do to, to do a certain amount of time and then of course I film and record it so if you've seen my um, Instagram post you see a lot of the, the posts that we've done on those where me and Ratchet are running it but it is a excellent way to develop a little bit more obedience under stress because you're, you naturally are gonna have uh, a sense of stress because you're trying to continue going. There's people that are waiting on you sometimes. Sometimes you're waiting on other people. And so that kind of just builds a certain level of anxiety uh, that you're trying to work through and you're working through that with your dog. 
Uh, there's also certain senses, like if you're slightly claustrophobic and you're crawling through a 50 foot long tunnel, um, you know, you, you can feel a little bit of, oh, like, you know, I'm halfway through this tunnel and there's plenty of room. None of the tunnels are like tight where you can't fit. Um, but they're still, they're tunnels, right? And they're dark and you see a little light, you know, 25 feet away. And if you can look behind you, there's a little light 25 feet behind you and you're, you're just crawling, right? And if your dog's in front of you and they're not wanting to go ahead, you're kind of trying to push them. And if your dog's behind you, you want to hang onto the lead and make sure they keep coming along with you if they're not used to all that kind of stuff. So all of those things build a certain level of stress. And when you finish the biathlon, you're like, that was awesome. Like it was a little bit hard. It, it you know, you can all, you can make it the level of hardness and intensity you want it to be, because you can control your pace, right? But it's like just hard enough that you're like, that was hard, and we did it together. Me and my dog, we worked through it. So the best place to register for this one uh, that I have found is to go to the Facebook page U.S. the like the letter U and the letter S like United States. U.S. canine spelled out C-A-N-I-N-E U.S. canine biathlon and uh, and it has like an image of a person and a dog kind of running together and um, and that's where they post the link to register so their website isn't always up to date but their Facebook page is where they put most of their updates so they'll always have like these video updates leading up like if he's building a new obstacle he's like whoa look at this new obstacle and the guy is British so he has that British accent and um and so uh, they'll put a lot of those up, but then you'll also see uh, where to register there and all of that sort of thing. And I will also try to find um, at least the website. They don't have the registration up until I guess a month or two or a couple months before the um, the actual other biathlon that's in West Virginia. Um, but I'll still put the website up in the show notes so that you guys can reach out, send them an email and basically request, hey, let me know. Uh, when this comes up so that we can get on and register if you're interested in doing that one. So a little bit shorter uh, episode today, um, but that is something that I highly recommend that everybody does. Not only is it a lot of fun, but there's a lot of awesome training benefit to it as well. Uh, don't forget you can contact me via email at joel at fortressk9.com. Uh, you can sign up for our emails at fortressk9.com or k9academyonline.com. And you can follow me on Facebook. Fortress K9 is at Fortress K9 Dogs. K9 Academy Online is at K9 Academy Online. And the puppies are at Fortress K9. It's either dot puppies or just puppies. And then on Instagram, it is at Fortress K9 dot puppies, at Fortress K9 and at K9 Academy Online. And then you can find us on YouTube by searching for Fortress K9 or K9 Academy Online. Hope this has been enjoyable for you. I would love to hear your thoughts and comments. And don't forget, until next time, remember to train hard and stay safe. Fortress Canine Podcast.